listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This podcast is not approved for CME credit. Every diabetes treatment plan is different. Individual results may vary. Nothing you hear on this podcast should be considered medical advice. All claims are supported by clinical evidence referenced in the show notes. For clinical study results, please refer to the Dexcom G7 user guide. For product-related questions, please refer to the instructions for use. For complete safety information, go to Dexcom.com forward slash safety hyphen information. Welcome to Real Time Real Talk, a Dexcom podcast dedicated to pharmacists and other healthcare professionals on the front lines helping people thrive who live with diabetes. Dexcom is the leading developer of real-time continuous glucose monitoring, also known as RTCGM, and other digital technologies to better manage diabetes. Real-time CGM provides critical glycemic metrics for physicians, pharmacists, and diabetes specialists to act upon to help their patients live with as much freedom as possible. Dexcom empowers people to take control of diabetes through innovative, continuous glucose monitoring. Real-time Real Talk is a proud member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. For more information on all Dexcom technologies, products, and services, please visit Dexcom.com. That's D-E-X-C-O-M.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Real Time Real Talk by Dexcom. I'm your host, Cher Pastori, and this is where we talk about all things continuous glucose monitoring. Now, today, I'm so excited to tell you that we're going to talk about the all-new Dexcom G7 Continuous Glucose Monitoring System, and we have one of our favorites here and quite a regular on our podcast. If any of you guys remember episode three, it was episode three to episode four, we have Dr. Eggles Bogdanovich here, and he is an adult endocrinologist uh, out of the state of Connecticut. Welcome back. Uh, Well, it's great to be back, Cher. A lot has happened since that last podcast. Oh my gosh, I know. Can you believe it? Now, before we get started, I wanted to ask you something. I was thinking about this today, right before we came on the air. Um, Do you remember the first Dexcom G7 that you kind of started using or what changed everything for you? I vividly remember in my practice what it was for me. Do you remember yours? You mean the first Dexcom period? That well, was, tell, okay, tell me that. Well, that that was uh, the the 3-day and we're talking about 15 years ago. And I I never would have thought that just a decade and a half later 70% of type 1s would have one. I mean, that's we've we've we've, we've come so far. I know. What about your first experience? Okay. Well, so this is what I felt like. I remember that I think it was called the STS or the three day. I remember Mm -hmm, that, but mm -hmm. I didn't really use it in practice. I just remember hearing about it, but I would say for sure, the big game changer for me was Dexcom G4. Absolutely. 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 You know, Dexcom G4, I remember that I still have my Dexcom G4 little box, little square one. Uh, You know, that, that was huge. And then with uh, G5, once the so-called non-adjunctive use came into play, that was big. That was big. Right. And so here we are, G7. I can't believe it. Um, so let's talk about that. Um, I know you're excited to use G7 in your practice. Do you know when um, When did we hear about clearance? When did G7 receive um, clearance by the FDA? 
Well, you know, la last year was a big year. This uh, the seventh generation, of course, that's why G7 uh, was launched outside of the United States in October. I remember October 4th, 2022. It was a big deal on the web. And soon thereafter, it was cleared by the FDA on December 8th, 2022. So we're talking about just a couple of months ago now. Okay, great. So let's talk about what some of the new features are on the G7. And then we'll talk about a little bit of, you know, some of the features that were on the G6 that are also on the G7. So I know we brought up the G4, but just to be clear, there's G4, G5, G6. And now today we're talking about the seventh generation uh, Dexcom. So tell us some of the main features that you're looking forward to, to use with your patients on the G7. Well, I think some of the uh, some of the main features that our patients are going to appreciate right off the bat are the physical features. You know, they're it's a smaller one. It's about you know the on body part of it is about sixty percent smaller than the G six, so you know somewhere between a nickel and a quarter. Then the uh, the inserter itself, you know, the sensor and the transmitter are now integrated, so it's one piece a new inserter that's easier and faster to use the applicator. Uh, and, uh, you know, that makes that transition from sensor session to sensor session a little easier. But what I see is that it's going to take care of that one problem, which I see over and over and over. And that is that the first sensor user throws away the transmitter and the sensor. So that's going to obviate that that problem. And plus the, the filament itself is actually a little bit smaller but there are two main improvements that are as far as timing goes. And one is that the warm-up is shorter. It's less than 30 minutes. And, and that's a big plus because we feel vulnerable waiting two hours or even one hour for our sensor warm-up. Um, in fact, it's the, the shortest warm-up period of uh, any of the CGM devices uh, 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 around today. Um, and the other thing is it's still a 10-day wear, but... Dexcom has given us a 12-hour a grace period. So if you've been charging it at 6 a.m. every day and the 10th day now comes out to be on a Saturday or Sunday and you feel like sleeping in, you don't have to get up to do it. And, and obviously, if you're changing time zones, going from the east to San Diego, you can still uh, have the flexibility to change your sensor when you're ready to do it. Yeah. And not just that. I mean, what if, you know, you were at work or in the middle of a meeting or you somehow forgot your sensor. So I feel like that is really going to be a big difference in like terms of the life, the day to day of just that, you sure. know, having that grace period. Sure. Yeah. And the 30 minute warm up, because now one of my loved ones is on um, a Dexcom yeah. G6 and that two hour warm up, you know, even though two hours is a lot shorter than it ever was, still two hours is, is two hours without a reading. So I really yeah. think that that 30 minutes is going to um, be such a huge, huge difference for us. Okay. Now, what about, what do you love about the G6 that is staying <laughs> on the G7? Well, you know, the, the G6, the, I think the best thing about the G6, uh, as far as evolving from the G5, was the addition of Urgent Low Soon. Um, but we're still going to have Urgent Low Soon. We're still going to have remote monitoring, you know, sharing with up to 10 people, and still going to have partner integration with, with Tandem, Omnipod 5, apps, smart pens, whatever is down the road. So, so those are the features of G6 that are still going to be available in G7. 
some of the new stuff, some of the new stuff um, that that we're going to see in G7. um, First of all, what it really thrills me is that you can actually put it on the back of the arm legitimately. You know, all of our all of our patients have been putting their G6 on the back of the arm off label. And now we're going to be on label G7 on the arm. I wonder how many are going to complain that they can't use the belly now. Um, you can right. be using this. We can use this in pregnancy. And, and the algorithm uh, has multiple redesigned apps. Uh, we can talk about that, uh, tethering and, and delayed high, which, which are, are, are going to be very important. But another thing is that the Clarity Card, what's called the Clarity Card, sort of like the Clarity uh, instrument panel, if you will, that will be part of the G6 app. You scroll down uh, on your G6 and you see all the Clarity data. And, and to me, that's, that's, that's extremely important because we know that if you check your clarity four times a month, you actually increase time and range by about eight and a half percent. So just that mindfulness of of how you're doing right now, you know, the G6 app tells you where you are, where you're going, and and the clarity app telling you where you've been and and possibly what you can improve upon. Right. So the clarity card is going to be a new feature on the G7 app. And so just to clarify, clarity will still be a separate software. Separate app. Yeah, Mm -hmm. a separate app. So you'll still have to download the G7 app and you'll have to download clarity. So you have both, but you have the clarity card in G7 app, which means you can see like the overview, time and range, some of the most common metrics that we heard people talk about that they really like. And um, and then you can press a little green icon in the G7 app to get directly to Clarity. Right. And, you know, when you were talking about that, I had a meeting just before this podcast and, and one of um, my coworkers wears a Dexcom G6 and she didn't really used to use Clarity very much. You know, she's had diabetes for a while. She just didn't think she needed to. And all of a sudden she just turned on those notifications and she was like, share just by turning on that one. I think it's the best day notification. She was like, it's changed almost everything for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the the more views, the the, the better you do. It's uh, the, you have daily um, sort of push notifications and then weekly ones. And I like using both of them. And, you know, it's gamification of, of diabetes care. You know, you want to continue to do better yourself. So it's, uh, it's really good feedback. Yeah. And she even mentioned, she was like, you know, it was such a little thing and I didn't think it was going to make that big of a difference. And it really did. So I love hearing those kind of stories. Okay. So we talked a little bit about some of the alerts, like you mentioned the urgent low soon. Let's talk about for sure. Some of the new alerts that are on Dexcom G7. So just two that are coming to mind, there's a delayed first alert, which you're going to tell us about. And then there's this other ability to tether alerts. So can you start in telling us about what is the delayed first and where would it be useful? Well, the delayed first, um, as opposed to urgent low soon, sort of, uh, you know, cutting down on our, our unrecognized lows, so to speak. The delayed first alert is an improvement to the high glucose alert that we've been using. You know, let's say you've eaten a pizza and you appropriately pre-bolused and, you know, you, you know you're going to be high. You still have a marked high. You don't need to be told that your glucose is high 30 minutes later or 40 minutes later uh, when you know that the insulin is still waiting to kick in and there's there's not a whole lot you can do about it now. 
So for example, in that case, you might say, well, if it's still high, pick a number, you know, over 200 at two hours, alert me then, but don't alert me before that because you know it's going to be high. I think uh, that as well as as the uh, tethering alerts really is going to cut down on alarm fatigue and, uh, you know, sort of the burden of taking care of uh, diabetes. So the tethering alerts, the tethering alerts actually uh, – look at rate of change and link that to a particular number as well. So let's say, talking about uh, rapid drops, let's say you've corrected a glucose of 300 and you're going from really high to just a little high, but you've got two arrows going down. You don't need to be told that there's a drop in glucose. So you might want to tether that that rate of change dropping to a glucose, let's say 150, if you're in the 140s and you have a double hour going down, maybe that's when you want to get an alert. And the same goes the other way around. If you've treated a hypoglycemia bout and you've got two hours going up now, you don't need to have an alarm, but perhaps tether the alert for rising glucose to a glucose of above, let's say 200. You know, once again, you're cutting down on unnecessary alarms that are telling you to do stuff when you, you can't really do anything about that anyway. So I look forward to uh, to using these these alerts. But I have to say that that one thing that I still will always want to use is the urgent low soon. And, you know, that was the, the greatest thing that that happened to G6 evolving from G5. And I tell my patients you know, if you're if you're not using the urgent low soon, why not? And they say, well, because I know when I'm low. And I say, well, why would you want to be low? Why would you want to get that hypoglycemia hangover, if you will? Why would you want to have that rebound hyperglycemia? So urgent low soon, tethered alerts, and delayed high are probably going to be the, the, the mainstay of G7. Yeah, and not just... Um... You know, I think you mentioned alert fatigue, but not just that. It just makes things much more like you're much more engaged with your management, if you will, and or you could get an alert that's actionable, right? Why would you right. want an alert when you wouldn't do anything about it like you already mentioned? So, and just to be clear, these alerts can be customized in the G7 app. So just want to be sure everybody knows that we can customize them and turn them on and turn them off and make it work for the person who's wearing the device. And you would want to discuss this with um, your healthcare professional, just like someone like you. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. There are two components to these, you know, there's the glucose uh, and, and, and then there's the, you know, the, the rate of change. So, so the, and for the high alert, it's the time. So if you have a delayed high, you can decide when an hour, 90 minutes, two hours, and at what level. And for the, uh, for the tethered, you can actually decide what number you're actually going to get that alert at. So, so I uh, I look forward to having and, and you you hit the the nail right on the head. There are two words that describe all of Dexcom: customizable and actionable. So that the uh, the data that you get, you can actually use. Yeah, we try really hard at Dexcom mm -hmm. to do that. Um, and so I just want to be clear: 
So the urgent low soon can be turned off, but it sounds like you don't ever turn yours off. Is that I, the correct? first thing I the first thing I do when I uh, when I look at their clarity when they they come in is look at their alerts. What's set? Um, and and if urgent low soon isn't on, that's the first one I turn on. I'd rather have them turn off their high alert and just have a, a low, low and an urgent low. If you had to pick only two alerts to use, and then it, do you teach them a certain like protocol to follow if they see the urgent low soon, or is it kind of like you have to see what happens? How do you talk to your patients about that alert like what they would do if they get an urgent low soon yeah that's a that's a really good point i i tell them that this is a way of actually preventing hypoglycemia and not waiting for hypoglycemia and treating it and there's a, there's a difference there i mean if you're if you've having a severe hypoglycemia bout where somebody's got to come help you that's a whole different story than getting an urgent low soon alert while you're 100 or 90 still feeling fine and able to to have a snack so you know you you have shown and we see it clinically that when you get an urgent low soon alert and take a small st snack you're far less likely to have a rebound high you know we all of our patients know the most common cause of a high is a low most common cause of a low is a high. You know, we're, we're overcorrecting going both ways. So urgent low soon decreases that overcorrection. Yeah, I know. And I think I've mentioned uh, um, that my loved one is now on a sensor. And it really is like, <clears throat> if I see those two arrows down, I my first instinct is, oh my gosh, or what? And it's always, always like, I want to give a lot of glucose and I really have to, you know, kind of work through that process. But then you get, used to it and you understand, but in the beginning, it's a little nerve wracking, Sure, I think. Okay. Now let's talk about the accuracy because it's the big things in terms of glucose monitoring. And, um, I know everybody knows about the G5 and the G6 accuracy. So now let's talk about, um, the accuracy in the Dexcom G7. So first let's just tell everybody how is accuracy measured on a continuous glucose monitoring device? Well, there, there are two main measures of performance. One is MARD, and the other one is percentage of CGM values within three different uh, uh, ranges, if you will, 15, 15, 15%, 15%, 20, and 40. And, and those two things, MARD stands for mean absolute relative difference. And that's the average percent difference between the CGM result and the gold standard Yellow Springs instrument glucose. So the lower your MARD, the more accurate the device. The other one that's used is the percent 2020, and that's the percentage of sensor readings that are within 20% of the glucose value if it's above 70, or within 20 points if it's less than 70. So unlike the MARD, you want this to be, to be uh, actually higher. So the higher the percentage, the more accurate the CGM. Okay, now this is a little bit of an aside, but I find it particularly interesting. And do you know, I think you do, can you tell us, so do you know how they do those tests that measure the YSI? So the person wears a CGM and they go in and they get their blood drawn. Is is that what happens? Yeah, so 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 they they have their blood drawn. They have a the, the CGM that's being measured. And and often these glucose values are being manipulated by either uh, you know, giving glucose eating or giving insulin and lowering it. 
Uh, and, and the YSI, um, you know, it stands for Yellow Springs Instrument. Um, it's, a, it's a town in Ohio that, that, I, that I know some people that live there. Uh, and that's their, that's their pride and joy, the, the YSI. So, so, yeah, there's a lot of work. I mean, for example, you know, the, the, the interoperable CGMs application or studies for, for the G7 have 47,000. 47,000 paired numbers for the uh for the 2020 uh uh, uh category or, or or certification so i mean this is a a lot of work a lot of work but the uh the overall mard for the g7 um turns out is 8.2 and if you look at day one versus you know the later days day four to ten in adults, day one is 9.9, .9, and days four to 10, 6.8. So, you know, these are, these are of course, averages. For some, it might be 2%. For some, it might be over 10%. But overall, MARD of 8.2% is, is, is extraordinarily accurate. Great. So that brings me to um, my next topic is the topic of calibration. And, you know, what is calibration? And can you still calibrate? on the G7? And if so, would you? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, certainly you still can. Um, the device is, of course, factory calibrated. But if the symptoms don't match the glucose, I ask patients to to check and uh, check and, and possibly calibrate. But the 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 caveat is that while day one is is very accurate, the other days get even better. So I, I generally ask my patients to let the sensor get wet. You know, each generation from four or five to six to seven um, has had, or at least five, six, seven, has had less uh, traumatic insertion. And with that, day one accuracy has improved. So I tell them, you know, sometimes, you know, let it give get some time to get wet uh, and 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 follow the glucose along. But if the numbers are are far different, particularly after day one, then go ahead and calibrate. You know, one of the problems is that there are a couple of other reasons that you can have this discordance between CGM and finger stick blood glucose monitoring. You know, there's there's of course you know a compression artifact which you know about, where the glucose might be artifactually low, and that's pretty pretty easy to 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 spot because it just a spike down and spike back up. But also interstitial fluid uh, lags the intravascular compartment, particularly if the glucose is rising or falling rapidly. But the mean lag time for the G7 has shown been shown to be three point five minutes. And the last thing is I, I you know, I, I remind patients that, you know, we talk about this mean absolute relative difference of 8.2. They might be using a glucose monitor that's got an MARD of higher than that. So, so you know, you don't always necessarily know that the finger stick is correct and the, and the CGM is not. Right. And not only the device, like a blood glucose monitor, could theoretically have a higher MARD, but it also would if the person took a reading, but then maybe didn't wash their hands and mm -hmm. they just ate, I don't know, an orange. Yeah, if or... you dip your if you dip your finger in milk, you can get a four hundred. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of a lot of different things going mm -hmm. on there, um, but I just want to go back to I want you to tell our listeners because I think you mentioned that you tell your patients to get the sensor wet. So can you just 
say what that kind of means? Well, you know, you know, just think about what you're what you're doing. You're using this needle to insert this little filament. Um, you get all kinds of uh, inflammatory mediators around there, and you know, maybe a little bit of swelling, um, and and that can perhaps affect the uh, the interstitial fluid glucose, if you will, um, the 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 blood flow to the area and the uh, and the glucose reading. So, you know, the, we we expect it to be off a little bit on on day. one. One, although if you look at, at data for uh, for both G6 and G7, it's really, really pretty good. Okay. And so that means you can dose off the G7, right? Or you can make a treatment decision. Is that right? Oh, of course. Okay. Of course. <laughs> Great. I mean, we've, we've, we've been doing that since... Uh, since G5? G5, yeah, yeah, since G5. And, and yeah. you know, if we if we trust all of our automated insulin delivery devices uh, to, to use that data, then I think that we can pretty much uh, uh, trust it to, to adjust our insulin doses, so-called non-adjunctive use. So let's just talk about that a little bit. Like, how does that manifest for you in practice or when you're with your patients? Has it change the way you work with your patients having this accurate device? Well, I, it's, it certainly gives me confidence and I think it gives them confidence as well. I think that not having to, 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 to calibrate on a regular basis is a big plus for, for them. And, um, you know, I, I find that most of my patients don't monitor finger stick blood glucose. I think uh, after a little while you, you, you realize that, if, uh, I mean, just think about 2020. So if you're 20 points higher or 20 points lower at 150, is that really going to change what you do? No, it doesn't. So I think that uh, the accuracy of the last couple of generations has has really uh, uh, imp improved our confidence in, in, in the devices. And what do you think about in terms of just wearing a CGM helping illuminate certain things for certain patients. Let me just tell you what I mean. I mean, you brought up pizza before. Um, I remember in practice, my if some if one of my patients came in and say they had Mexican food, I would say like Mexican food, <laughs> bagels, Chinese food, that was like really challenging to control glucose levels. But if they didn't have a CGM, they wouldn't believe me, but then they had the CGM and they were like, oh, wow, I'm not going to eat that again. Have you had any experiences uh, like that? Every, only about 10 times a day. It's, uh, it's it, the mindfulness of it. The, and, and particularly with type twos that, that we use professional uh, devices, they, they come back. First of all, they come back and say, when can I get my own? But the, the other thing they ask is, you know, the, or the other thing they say is that, you know, I just can't believe that, you know, a, a, a bagel is, is worse than a donut or, you know, that, that these, 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 these little things that they've been doing and never realized that, that they affected glucose. I mean, you know, when I look at my CGM and it's flat going straight across, I, I don't eat that cookie that's in front of me because, you know, you just don't want to ruin that nice graph. Yes. Well, we'll talk about your glucose control another time <laughs> <laughs> because we know how your control is. Okay. Now, what I want to talk about is some like the usability features of the G7. And I don't want to at all 
disparage how amazing G5, G6 <laughs> are and have been. Um, but it's just like technology, right? Things seem hopefully improve with time. So let's talk about some other things that either might be easier on the G7 or people might find easier to teach if you're a healthcare professional. Well, you know, the first thing you notice when you when you look at it is it's it's one one piece, uh, an easy insertion, no need to put the transmitter in there. Um, so so the usability and and as you mentioned, the teachability of the G7 is a significant improvement over over the previous generations. In fact, uh, a recent ease of use study pointed out that for the G5, it was 17 tasks to uh, insert and initialize. For the G6, 13 tasks, and G7 cut that down by half to six tasks. So, so it's more simple to use. It's easier, to, obviously going to be easier to teach. And I think that that's going to uh, perhaps improve um, how some people that are maybe are not used to using G6 for their patients uh, may may come believe that it's easier to teach and use and, and perhaps start using it more. Yeah, I remember definitely going from the G5 inserter to the G6. That was such yeah. a huge, huge change. And it sounds like this is obviously even easier. So that's good. Um, now, what are some other things people found easier to use on the G7? Like, let's talk about the four-digit code on the yeah, receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So if, you, if you're using a receiver, I mean, if you're using a phone, obviously it still has a QR code that, that will get the... Uh, four-digit pairing code. But if you're using a receiver right now with the G6, you've got a six-alphanumeric, six-digit alphanumeric code for the transmitter, four for the sensor. I mean, it's a lot of scrolling up and down. This is going to be a lot easier. It's just four numbers and gives everything. You know, it's one one code for both transmitter and sensor because, as you know, they're they're unified. And, you know, the other thing is that that once it's in there, there's an auto start feature so that for for many people, uh, you forget to press start sensor. So you don't start getting that little ring filling in for those for the G6 two hours. So when you, you see it later and you forgot to start sensor, now you start in that two hours. So this is going to start start automatically. Wow. So you mean as soon as you put it in, it's just going to start that 30 minute countdown? Oh, wow. That's going to be great. That's really going to make a difference in the day to day. How do we think ease of use will help expand CGM so see more people could be able to use CGM? Well, I think I think it's going to expand um, the populations. You know, right now, we know that device penetrance for for type one diabetes, you know, which was as low as well, it was it was about thirty eight percent in twenty eighteen, but the last three years has markedly increased to about seventy percent. So, so really, where the the future is is getting all of our patients on type with type two diabetes uh, on CGM, and you know this is going to be easier to teach for them. It's going to it's, it's quicker to teach. Um, I think that that perhaps our patients. Hopefully, in the near future, uh, basal only will be covered for Medicare, and in the future, maybe even uh, non-insulin users. So, we're going to be a lot. We're going to get a lot of new patients. You know, after your launch in outside of the United States, about sixty percent of those prescriptions were people that were new to 
to CGM. So it wasn't people changing from six to seven. These were actually people that were brand new to continuous glucose monitoring. So hopefully, hopefully soon everyone in the United States that wants a CGM will, will have one. Yeah. So you can have a, so many more patients because you're not busy <laughs> enough now. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, well, that brings up a really good point that this is something for primary care providers you know, we've only got a you know a few thousand endocrinologists that are in practice, and you know thirty seven million people with diabetes. So, so we need to have our primary care providers uh, more comfortable with with CGM use. So, great point. However, now let's shift gears from primary care to automated insulin delivery systems and and our partners. So, will G seven integrate with other systems? Yes, um, I, 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 as you as you probably know, uh, the uh, partners Tandem and Insulet are working on it right now. Uh, I'm not sure when it'll be done, but they'll those patients that we have on those devices will stay in the G6 until it's integrated with G7, and then we'll then we'll uh, transition to G7. Same yes. thing with smart pens. Uh, the future is, of course, smart pens uh, are going to be. Coming a couple coming out with from our uh, major insulin producers. And that's really exciting because then those potential benefits that we see with, with pump therapy can be enjoyed by the other 99% of insulin users. And so what do you think also about, you know, we talked about primary cares, but primary care physicians, now the... Um the contraindication for pregnancy has been removed. So that opens up some new opportunities there. So what do you think that means for people living with diabetes now and in the future, having um, the contraindication for pregnancy be removed? Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, the G7 can be worn during pregnancy for patients with type 1 diabetes, pre-existing type 1 diabetes, pre-existing type 2 diabetes, or even gestational diabetes. So I think that it, it gives us uh, a little bit more support, if you will, because got to admit, uh, most most of us have been using CGM uh, for for patients that are pregnant for for a couple of years now with with good results. In fact, uh, the the I think it was a concept trial showed that the arm accuracy was was actually even better than the abdomen, which is which is really pretty interesting to me. Well, not just in terms of that, but I remember when I would see um, women with gestational diabetes in my practice. I mean, really, the guidance is check your glucose levels a minimum of six times a day, right? right. Yeah. Fasting before eating, after eating, before lunch, after mm -hmm. lunch. I mean, it's a lot. So not only just the accuracy, but also for them, how it could manifest just easier, less burden. You know, they they may still have to take a finger stick, but hopefully it won't be 8, 10, 12 a day. They would sometimes have to get up at 3 in the morning, which I'm sure you've also done. Yeah. 3 in the morning, do a glucose check. That's a really good point because, you know, th sometimes the worst thing for uh, uh, ma mainly gestational because, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're thrown into this new diet, uh, all this, you know, self-management that they're not used to. It's pretty scary, and then you're telling them to 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 put this needle in their finger, and and that that really is pretty traumatic to them. Um, so so you're absolutely right. Just the uh, the the improvement in quality of life, having having the uh, G7 instead of doing uh, multiple multiple finger sticks every day. Yep. 
Now let's talk about, um, okay. Now I know you use hello Dexcom because we've talked about it, but can you tell our listeners how you use hello Dexcom in your practice and maybe what hello Dexcom is, um, and how you use it? Yeah. So hello Dexcom is, is a pretty much a, a box that is a, a sample Dexcom. Um, you know, for the G6, it's a sensor and a transmitter and some literature on on how to get the app on your phone. And I pretty much give this to everybody that <laughs> that 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 I want to go on CGM for good, but they're reluctant. I also put it on everybody that is new to the practice that I just want to see pretty much where they are. Uh, is it, you know, we've got some people that have been checking finger stick in the fasting state for the last 10 years and never checked anything else. And they put one on and they realize how variable their glucose is and they want to get a permanent one. So I know I've told you the story before, but there's so many people that say, I don't want to wear one. I don't want, want anything stuck on me. I put a hello Dexcom on them and 10 days later they say, okay, you can say, I told you so, or, you know, please, you know, how fast can I get my own? So I anticipate we're going to be doing the same thing with, with G7. Uh, it'll be 10 days of, of wear, um, after which you can actually, uh, you know, decide whether to get one yourself. So it's a sample program right now. Uh, I happen to know it's not available in every state. So some of you listening to this may not be able to get it, but if you can, it's, uh, ask your representative for, for a bunch of them. Yes, exactly. So we do attend, um, to have same G7 sampling program again, not exactly sure if it will be available in every state. So yes, we can just, um, ask your Dexcom representative if the G7 sampling program once G7 becomes commercially available, which brings me to my next question. Um, do you know when it will be commercially available? Well, yeah, I've I've been told probably mid February to early March, but that's around the corner now. Yeah, yeah, that's now. So, uh, well, well, it's I'm sure it's going to be pretty soon. Yeah, and that makes me think. I was just thinking about the sampling program. So we did um, an ad board, an advisory board internal at Dexcom with. Um, OB obstetricians, and we wanted to talk about gestational diabetes, and they talked a lot about their use of the sampling program of the G6 sampling program, because it is a way, especially if someone has gestational, how that person could at least get on the sensor for 10 days and see what's happening. Um, and we're going to talk about all about pregnancy in our next podcast. So everybody tune in for that. Yeah. 10, but, day, 10 yeah. days makes a big difference when you're pregnant. Yeah. I mean, yep. achieving control 10 days earlier makes a big, big for difference. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So before we close today, Dr. Bogdanovich, I want to know, this is kind of a hard question, but what are your top three to five tips for people living with diabetes? Well, you, you already told me you were going to ask me this, so I've been thinking about it. Uh, number one, always carry a carb to treat a low in your car, in your purse, in your backpack, because it's always those days when you think there's no way I'm going to be low that you'll need it. Number two, don't be embarrassed to tell your friends at school or work how to help you if you can't manage a low. And make sure you wear your Dexcom. I call my Dexcom my best friend, and it's with me all the time. 
Number three, <clears throat> insulin doesn't work backwards. So remember to take your bolus before you eat, even though it may be inconvenient, and it always is inconvenient. And if you're correcting a high, be patient. Sometimes it seems that the most common cause of a low is a high. Number four, insulin or next to insulin exercise is our best drug. So stay as active as you reasonably can. And finally, don't be afraid to not be perfect all the time. Don't beat yourself up and ask for help when you get diabetes burnout, if you get diabetes burnout. Oh, I love that. That's so great. And I know that our listeners out there are really going to appreciate that. So I just want to thank you so much for your time today. And um, is there anything you want to say in closing? No, I just, uh, no. Thanks so much for, for having me back. I think uh, this is, this is going to be a, a big year for, for CGM. Right. And in the meantime, we have Dexcom, fortunately, and not only a big year for CGM, but really, obviously, it's a big year to help anybody living with diabetes because this really is is a game changer. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Thank you to all our listeners. And um, tune in next time for another episode of Real Time Real Talk. If you're interested in learning more about Dexcom G7, please visit Dexcom.com slash magic. <laughs>